you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Around the NFL podcast. Bought one of those Papa Shot basketball games and has seen their productivity drop exponentially. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Around the NFL I'm Dan Hansis. I got a virtual room filled with heroes. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, Colleen Wolf. Yes, Santa did import a Papa shot um, into my home in December, and I've gotten quite good at it, A, and B, I do use it way more than my own children. Mm. I didn't know you have a Papa shot. I'm going to come over. Oh. That's great. Oh, yeah. It's the official one, too, okay? It's not a knockoff. Wow. Do you ever, like, compete against them and talk trash when they can't uh, stand up to you because they're just little kids? Um, no, because they, I am so much better than them that it does. there's no way to actually compete in any meaningful way. Mm. So it's a lot of more uh, solo private time for old Zeuser and the Papa Shot. And then if, whenever the kids have any interest in playing... I'll throw them a bone and watch them and tell them they're doing great, but they're really not. Like, I'm so much better than them at it. This was my so. approach with um, the sport of tennis with my children, which I've dialogued with you guys about before, where it was like an absolute seek and destroy mission. Um, right. And like, let's not leave any wiggle room about who's the most dominant performer. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. That's exactly how I feel. I, sometimes you have to, like all my... Eldest son, Jack, has really gotten into playing basketball. And so we'll go across the street. My neighbor has a hoop and we'll play. And, you know, I let him hang around in games. And then as an eight-year-old boy is so want nice to do. You. Yeah. As an eight-year-old boy is want to do, you know, if you start giving him some open looks and all of a sudden he it looks like he's going to win, then I have to just actually drop the hammer and bring him down to earth. And I think, 
if you if you're gonna beat your dad, you're gonna have to do it for real. I'm not handing out these fake dad mm. victories. Come and get me for real. So I I, I let him get close and then uh, take him down. That's my dad philosophy. That's the only build path. up, knock down. Can't let their heads get too big. Yeah, when when he starts playing dirty, starts elbowing you, that's when you know he's a real man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Connie, how are you? You are um, under the weather today, so we really do thank you. As And today is an important episode. We're going around the AFC in 48 minutes, uh, coming off draft week. You were there, of course. And I was thinking, because it's always been kind of weird to me, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but... Like we know one Colleen and then she shows up at these league events and she's dressed like up like she's going to the Oscars. And it's just like it's kind of just jarring for me in terms of uh, cognitively. Like when you yeah. are the dressed up like a award show tentpole event, Con, is that Colleen Wolf? Is that Connie Fox? Like, who are you right now mm. and who is that? You know, I was actually thinking that is a totally separate representative that I'm not even really that familiar with. She <laughs> is new to the scene and she only shows up like maybe once a year, but she brings it. And um, now me, uh, Colleen Wolf and Connie Fox, we have to suffer the consequences. Um, so uh, my representative in Kansas City really did some great work, but also my travels there. I got stuck in Denver. I had to sleep on a bench in the airport for an hour and then fly to Dallas to get to Kansas City to do DJ's mock draft on like an hour of sleep and they lost my bags. And so I started oh. off really on a on a bad note and now I think everything has caught up with me. So here we are. Like, I'm actually not hungover, I'm sick. Colleen, when you were on um, our show last time when it was you and Claybon and I, you, we, you mentioned um, that, you know, honestly, it was a nice thing to share with the fans that you, sometimes you deal with imp imposter syndrome, which, which a lot of people do. But do you find that, that the um, event, Colleen, um, maybe doesn't suffer from that because maybe that's your true self that comes out, you know, mm. say, you, like you said, two or three days a year. Is that the more authentic, Colleen? No, it's all an act. It's all truly an act. Okay. It's still the genuine Colleen is inside that's like, what am I doing here? Why are they sending me out on stage? Why am I a hype man? But here we go. So well, it's um, it helps, though. You do tremendous work. You didn't answer the question, though. Is that is that what? Connie Fox? Um, it has shades of Connie Fox for sure. That's and and who's talking about? I don't know. Tiny I think box? it's a new. You know, because I'm sick, I, I think I'm just going in between all of the different representatives right now. No one has the wheel for sure. <laughs> so the car is going to crash at some point, And I don't know really who's driving. Right. So you have multiple personalities. It's a disorder. Um, all right. We're going to we're going to hang in there. Hopefully Aunt Doreen makes an appearance. We're excited. She's here. Um, so, yes, let's get caught up on uh, one bit of news before we get dive into the AFC uh, it came out of Green Bay. Of course, it's a whole new era uh, for the Packers with Aaron Rodgers now with the Jets and Jordan Love, the quarterback. They had a decision to make. It's a little clunky and awkward the way it all came out where they took Jordan Love as a first round pick three years ago. He hasn't played yet. And now when he's about to take over as the starter, the team has to make the decision as every team on first round picks do on whether to pick up their options. So instead of, of the fifth year option, so instead of doing that, the team uh, signed Love to an extension in which they, uh, Greggy, um, pay him a different amount, an actual a lesser amount 
Um, and I, I suppose keep their options. What did you take out of this? Why did the Packers go this route rather than just pick up the fifth year option? I was very surprised by this. Like a couple of things can be true. It, it's absolutely a good move for Green Bay. I think, you know, they got him on a very team friendly contract. And if you're Jordan Love, I understand the idea of let's take some guaranteed money right now. He got like a signing bonus that he wouldn't have had otherwise. But I was just surprised that they started at the point of like, uh, actually, no, we're not giving you a fifth year option. That's not something we're interested in. That's like even $20 million is too much to guarantee without seeing you on the field. And the fact that they are so committed to this plan by getting rid of Aaron Rodgers, but they're not committed enough that they even are confident enough to keep Jordan Love into 2024. It's it's an eyebrow razor and they're they're keeping their options and it means he might not be on the team next season. The one uh, like for the Lamar me people that um, are trumpeting the fact that, you know, he did all what he did without an agent um, and doesn't have to pay those agent fees, which, you know, I guess in the rearview mirror, that does look good. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, it's David Mulligetta who is Love's agent. Uh, at least he was a year ago. Um, so he's able to both get the highest guaranteed money for a quarterback ever in NFL history and then go do this deal, which looks sort of like Love got slightly snowballed here. So um, quite a versatile move from the agency. I mm. thought it was interesting on Saturday <laughs> that Brian Gutekunst said it's when he was asked about Jordan Love and whether or not they would pick up his option. He said it's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't played. But at the same time, obviously, we're moving forward with him. So we're going to figure it out by Tuesday. So he kind of knew, obviously, that that was that sum. It would have guaranteed him, I think, twenty point two million dollars, the fifth year option. So they save a lot of money going thirteen point five now. And then I guess for Love, if he does come out this year and he does play well, he in theory has more than one year to prove that he could be the Packers future. So if, it, if he gets hurt or anything like that, I guess it gives him a little bit of insurance, too. He's just not making the money he could have. It was sort of the opposite of betting on yourself. That was the thing. He, he didn't want to bet on himself. He wanted to take the money. And I, I totally get that. Like, it's it's some security. Uh, but it just starting at the point, and I'm sure they told uh, Mulligetta this, like, you're not getting that fifth year option. So will you take uh, something else? And if not, we'll just, we'll just roll with you and you'll be on a one-year contract. A little weird. Yeah, and... The thing with the Green Bay cap situation, it's a little complicated because they have over $40 million in dead money from Aaron Rodgers' contract mm-hmm. on the cap this season. So this gives them some relief on that end of things. And then uh, I think that it's $13 million guaranteed either way for Love next year, um, which is, I think, it's a financial, it's a cap move, I think, as well. There's a lot of maybe different moving parts to it. Um, one more thing about the, the Lamar thing. I, I wish any of us would have thought, like literally anyone else, like in football and covers the sport, would have thought of it. Like this was always the way he should have played it. Don't hire the agent. Don't communicate with the team, and then wait for one of those other three guys, and then just say, "Give me that." That would have been so. E- and that's kind of what happened. But with Jalen Hurts' contract, like that, that's that's how I'm going to do it going forward. If I ever was in a similar situation. <laughs> I'm just going to wait. I'm going to see who else is kind of on a similar career trajectory or level in terms of our business. And I'm going to say, no agency, uh, give me that. (laughs) And even if I get a little bit less, I'm still covering, I'm making bank because I'm not paying the fee. It's kind of amazing. Well, the problem is you you don't have Tom Pelissero like reporting the negotiations of like Will Brinson's contract at CBS or anything. That's right. That's, that's the issue. (laughs) Um, All right, so either way, Jordan Love is the quarterback this year, and then they have to see if he could play the guitar. 
That's what it comes down to. And Mark, if he could play that guitar, he will play the guitar for a long set in Green Bay. If not, they'll be on the it's, hunt. They'll well, be on the search. It's also, I think it's for, like from one angle, and I know this is so, un- you know, no one on Twitter could handle this side of it, but it's like, Love is in a weird situation. The Packers are in a weird situation. They kind of compromised. Like, I know you didn't get as much money as you could have, but you've also done nothing for the Packers. It's kind of like you met in the middle here and we'll see what happens. But I understand, like, you've got to go. It's all about the greenbacks and you've got to go get everything you can. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to get absolutely destroyed verbally by everyone who covers the sport. This is unprecedented, right? A player getting an extension without ever doing anything. No, that was that was what was interesting. Not the... <laughs> Not the not the the compromise, which does make some sense, but more like this has literally never happened in, with this fifth year option type. So they're 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 setting a new uh, foundation for other teams to copy Can, if they're if they're like feeling mixed. If like we kind of like you, sort of maybe uh, we'll see. Again, if it's just about uh, doing some cap tidy work, they have to sign their rookie class. It's a different situation. But if it's not really about that, I just would have went with the Daniel Jones route. The Giants went decline it right play out the fourth year, and then see where we're at. But they didn't do it. Let's see what happens. All right. Shall we? Shall we dig into the AFC post-draft? Let's go. Let's do it. Let's be like eight-year-old boys. Let's go. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And uh, if you want to take an overall look, uh, Colleen, I meant to tell you, right after this, you and I are going to do the Power Rankings podcast. Um, oh, perfect. Check out NFL.com slash power rankings or NFL.com slash Hansus to check out the latest power rankings. So I, I've kind of I was underground working through all this over the last couple of days. So I feel pretty prepared for this. I hope you guys are as well. I'm going to spin through 32 teams in two shows, starting with the AFC. 32 minus 16 means 16 teams to talk about. Let's do it, Justin. Starting out for us is Mark Sessler on the Bills. So I had a chance um, to watch a little bit more of Dalton Kincaid. And my takeaway, um, and Greg, I know you you were talking him up um, a couple shows ago too, is I think he might wind up being one of the best draft fits of any player um, mm-hmm. in the first round. I really, it just fits exactly what they need because he's, yeah, he's a tight end, but he's really just basically their slot receiver. And I think it shores up a wideout group that, Looked a little thin after Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. So, you know, they were quiet in free agency. I think Damian Harris was a good pickup. And they did resign a bunch of their own guys. But I, we're also watching, like, the Dolphins and the Jets totally level up before our eyes. Well, this is largely still the same Bills team as last year. And I, I think it's easy just to pencil them in for, like, the AFC title game year after year. But I think it ignores, like, how often last year they looked kind of asleep on offense and that Josh Allen had an up-and-down mm. year. And I just wonder, have the Bills done enough? Like, are they ripe to be overrated all off season, or should I just uh, clam it with that concept? No, I think I they think... did the right thing in Kansas City. I mean, they, that was the move, I think, getting a playmaker in there. A lot of people connected wide receiver to him. They went tight end. But, yes, like you said, he could play in the slot. Do I still real imagine if they, you know, they also add to the offensive line with Osiris Torrance, and that was important because they took a step back on the line last year, and Josh Allen was sacked 33 times. I like that move. Do I really, would I love them to put the cherry on top with DeAndre Hopkins? Yes, I still think it makes so much sense, even if you're hearing continued reports about Hopkins going back to Arizona. Imagine this would be seen as a smashing success in Buffalo if they topped it off with that, and they would go just steaming into the season. But uh, yeah, I, I do agree with you. Kincaid makes made so much sense for them there. 
I thought it was telling that they spent right the first two picks on offense to me like they came into this draft saying we're gonna help out Josh Allen four of their top or four of their six picks were on offense the first two picks T minus one minute Ooh, forgot about that. Fix it. I am wondering though, is Stefan Diggs like gonna be an issue? That's sort of like an off-season uh, storyline. It's like, oh, let's keep an eye on Stefan Diggs. Connie, I can't believe that they didn't get a cornerback until what, like the last round in the draft. That was kind of shocking to me. So, and I, I forget how this works with the T minus. Like that's why I stopped talking. Um, are we? Is this one <laughs> you, where you get good. darted that, or no? Okay, T minus oh, one minute. That was one minute. Oh, one minute. that's great. Okay, yeah, cool. Your, yeah, your ass um, gets darted if you go over though. Okay. Um, yeah, I just like I was really shocked that I knew that they would end up getting a pass catcher. Obviously, they went tight end instead of a wide receiver because the tight end class was so deep this year and so talented. But the fact that they didn't get a corner kind of bothered me about this whole draft class. The Stefan Diggs thing is on my radar, too. But Brandon Bean said he wasn't concerned. I don't believe anything, though. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) The Miami Dolphins, Greg Rosenthal. All right, they had a, a quiet draft, you know, just because they didn't have their picks because uh, the old uh, hanky-panky with old Tom Brady and whatnot a year ago trying to get that done with Sean Payton. Uh, but I think their draft kind of continued a, a theme for them in that they're, like, really deep. Their two first picks, Devin uh, Achain was the, the running back in the third round, and then Cam Smith at cornerback. Like, those guys don't need to go in and play right away, but I like those picks, and they'll probably have a role during the season. And I started looking up and down this roster – and I got to say, it's a trend. Like, they have backups I like throughout their defense. Like, too deep. They they got them. At running back, I like the backups. In wide receiver, I like the backups. Offensive line is maybe an issue. But overall, I look at this as one of the best rosters in the league. Like, I, yes, Tua yeah. and the offensive line are a little bit of an issue. But otherwise, I think it's one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. Quick story. Friday morning um, last week after the first round, I went golfing with my father-in-law. Bob Bates DDS. And um, it, it was like a top golf place. So there was a bar and I went to get a couple drafts uh, before we hit the course. And as I'm paying up the tab, the guy notices my name and he goes, man, so they didn't send you to the draft, huh? And first of all, that kind of <laughs> wow. hurt a little bit. A little bit of a I dig got, there. A little bit of a dig got defensive and I was like, oh, well, we didn't really want to go. But anyway, it turns out um, you like run away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like they didn't send Brinson either. Shut up. Um, no, but uh, it turns out he was a Dolphins fan uh, and we started chatting up a little bit. And I, I agreed, even as a Jets fan, where he's coming from, where it's like Miami, like remember before Tua got hurt, they were humming almost at a historic level on offense. They have a lot of pieces on both sides of the ball. Nobody's talking about the Dolphins. And maybe that's a good place to be. The the, the AFC East uh, sleeper cell here with all these other teams getting the hype. Yeah, I, I'm concerned as a, a team. They could be a team that wins 11 games this year. Easy. Well, it is funny because it was a year ago that everyone's like, oh, are we going to get four teams from the AFC West in the playoffs? And two of the AFC West teams didn't win more than six games. So I'll wait and see what happens with the actual division. But I am with you on the Dolphins. No one's talking about them. I think, I really think in general, it's the Tua experience that there's just this general lack of faith that Tua is one of those four or five guys, despite what happened last year. I'm not sure it's fair, but I mean, you have to show that you can get through a season with that quarterback or like we have Mike White starting games, which I don't hate. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and when I look at what the Dolphins did this offseason, even before the draft, the fact that they only had four picks going into the draft, but they made the trade for Jalen Ramsey, which is huge because it immediately filled a need for them. And then I liked the first guy that they got another cornerback. They got Cam Smith, who was really, really good in the SEC. And you know I'm a big college uh, football girl, so that's uh, that's that. <laughs> there we go. Ran out the clock. I'm going to call a timeout. I'm going to use Ooh. our first timeout. Timeout. Because um, I just want to cycle back to that interaction with the guy at the top golf bar. Um, it, it was a little bit more, more annoying, too, because he, he kind of looked behind him at the TV that was on Net- NFL Network uh, before making the comment. And it was Jeremiah on the screen. Mm. Mm. You're losing all over That's the place tough. in that interaction. Right. Now, it's real if, tough if, for you. So, like, when he goes, so, you know, so they didn't send you the draft, huh? I was like. My real response should have been like, well, you're not at the draft either. Didn't think of it, though. Fair. That would have really put him in his place. Dan, did he um, by chance yeah. dig down and discuss you know, what he thought about the other uh, characters on the show? Thoughts and feelings about mm. Greg, Mark, Colleen? What does Clayvon? he think about Mark? He says he loves you, Mark, and he thinks you're a special person and a beautiful boy. You're going to be like, well, they did beautiful send Mark boy. to the draft. <laughs> All right. Mark Ross, maybe. Time in. The New England Patriots. So Mac Jones is going to be there. Um, but is Mac Jones set up for success? It couldn't be possibly worse than last year. But they used their first three picks on defensive players. Um, Bill Belichick obviously was asked about that specifically. Hey, what about the offense? Not a lot of playmakers there. And you know, Bill, he's like, grumble, grumble. I was the board and it was the best players there and all that stuff. But anyway, you have Juju Smith-Schuster there now. And it's like, man, if Juju Smith-Schuster didn't take off with Patrick Mahomes last year, we pretty much know who he is right now, right? And he's he's fine. He's pretty versatile, but not really a big playmaker necessarily. A nice red zone target, but not special. Mike Gusecki, I think the Dolphins maybe misused him a little bit or underused him. I like him as a prospect, but they haven't proven that they can get a tight end going since Gronk left. Um, is there enough there? I mean, are they setting up Mac Jones uh, for failure again, but in a little bit of a different way? I I, I think number one, like I give them an automatic um, sense of probably rising up much more than last year, just because Bill O'Brien, I mean, for all his issues as a GM, he can run an offense. Um, he and Mac Jones are super tight. I think that heals that whole situation to some degree. But I'm with you, Dan. Like when I look around at the other offenses in the AFC, the super top heavy conference, I look at the Patriots and it's just like at the end of the rainbow, here's what I see, zero when it comes to that side of the ball. There's no way they're going to win 11, 12 games. I trust their defense, but it's like, I think Bill Belichick, it's like, you've had two off-seasons to go correct this, to course correct a rather bland attack, and last year you went completely in the other direction, and you're sitting in neutral this off-season. Does he want to fix it? Like Because it doesn't really seem that way when you pass all of these tight ends that are supposed to be so good and the wide receivers. You don't you don't draft a pass catcher until round six. I mean, that is kind of a slap to Mac Jones. Um, and I do, though, like Christian Gonzalez a lot, the guy that they traded down for. He's a really good player, and I feel like that's going to be a huge, huge boon for that secondary. I mean, you draft uh, Kayshawn Butte in the sixth round. you got to get excited <laughs> about that. Uh, Butte was a guy who's kind of interesting for a sixth-round pick who people thought would be a top Great. 10 first-round type of pick. You add a little Butte to the mix, you're feeling good. How about uh, I'll put on my tinfoil hat now. Um, 
Robert Kraft wouldn't let Bill trade Mac. So Bill says, I'm just not going to build up the <laughs> offense and get him out of the picture next year uh, well, and then build up on offense after he's gone. I, I, I don't real know. I do think there is something to like Bill wants to do it again. He wants to do it with defense. He wants to zig when they uh, rest of the league zags. They were third and fourth in DVOA the last two years with pretty lackluster looking rosters going into the season on defense. And they add Gonzalez. They, they thought they got a great pick with Keon White. And they're pretty loaded on their defensive line and their defensive backfield. I think Bill thinks if I make my defense look number one, at least I look good and, and maybe we win. Yeah, but Greg, they're third and fourth in DVOA and went nowhere. Right. Well, they're just, I feel like they're just looking for 10 wins. They're the new Saints. I mean, they're hoping to get to eight. Shoot Trank me in the ass. neck. Shoot it with defense. Trank him. I want it. This is like my personal game of bitey. This is the only way I feel alive. This feels like it should be behind a paywall. <laughs> Colleen, the New York Jets. All right. Well, the highlight of the draft came days before with Aaron Rodgers finally becoming official. This draft, it wasn't so much about splash like it was last year. It was more about necessity. So it wasn't as sexy, which I thought their draft last year was the sexiest. But mm. I thought that they would get an offensive tackle, but all of the guys were pretty much already gone at pick 15 I think there were four guys potentially already gone by that point but yep. so 15 overall they went Will McDonald who he's been pretty good over the past four seasons on the edge he has 33 sacks I like that addition for Robert Sala I'm hoping that he plays better than like this noise I'm hearing about all of the doubters and him going too high um, but that's that. And then on the offensive line, they did get a center, Joe Tipman, in the second round. Um, I think that that could be a long-term solution for them. And then potentially someone who could help clear some lanes for Brees Hall once he's back from his ACL. So then the right side of that line would be Tipman, Elijah Vera Tucker, and then Makai Becton, the biggest question of all. Um, I thought maybe they would remedy that in this draft, but they're going to just have to figure it out because they got in the fourth round Carter Warren, the tackle from Pitt. He's a Jersey guy, but I just don't know if he's going to be a guy that can start right away. He missed most of the last six months with that knee injury. A lot of people say that he could have been like a day two pick, but I don't know if he'll be able to play right away. And they kind of need someone to play right away. And then that backup plan that they did at running back, I like with Brees Hall coming off the injury and getting, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but I know that they call him Izzy instead of Israel. That's um, Izzy, yeah. So he's fast and he's got big play threat and he could make an, an immediate impact. Uh, so they went out and, you know, they, they try to push back um, on the idea that they got screwed out of a tackle in round one. But then they went out um, right after the draft and went and got Billy Turner, a veteran who used to start for the Packers, started games uh, for the Broncos last year. And it is, that's the biggest vulnerability of the team right now, in my opinion, is that they didn't add a blue chip prospect uh, at the tackle. Um, and if if they deal with injuries again, you have a 39-year-old quarterback and a leaky offensive line. That's how bad things happen. That's how Rodgers is either less effective or gets injured. And then, as of right now, Zach Wilson comes in if Aaron Rodgers gets injured. That's another kind of weird subplot around this team. Zach Wilson is still there. And um, you have an elderly quarterback and it's like that there is a scenario where he ends up ceding time to Zach Wilson. So there are some hmm. doomsday scenarios, but this has always been a big swing for the Jets and there are risk, risks involved. 
I think that there, there are nothing but kind of positive reports about Makai Becton this offseason, though, where a year ago it was like, does this guy want to do this? We're not sure. And he gets hurt. Um, I mean, you have to hope that had they stayed healthy l- along the line last year, they would have been fine. All right, so it's like if you get better better luck on that front and Becton turns out, I think you're all right. If you lose Rodgers, like the whole plan goes to hell anyways. He's a durable old guy. He never misses games. What do you mean? 16, 16, 16, 16, 17. Those are his starts the last seven years. Six years. Good point. All right. Hey, man. Listen, from your lips to God's ears, he's going to be healthy. Let's take a break and we'll move to the AFC North. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back. AFC East in the rearview around the AFC in 48 minutes. Up next is the AFC North. And Connie, we're kicking it back to you to talk the Bengals. All right, let's talk about the Bengals and what they did here in Kansas City. They kind of went, day one was best available. Um, I really thought that Cincinnati would draft a tight end or a DB in the first round. And instead, they went with an edge player, Miles Murphy. So they're going to just try and build that rotation that they have with Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. And then eventually, Miles Murphy can be a starter. But I don't know. Were you guys shocked about this? The fact that they didn't get a tight end and one of the deepest, most talented classes in a while? I mean, I think it's sort of like a result of like every mock draft suggesting they would. And, and it was a need. Like there's reports now that like Irv Smith is sort of locked in as their guy, which um, 
I don't love that because if anything, Cincinnati has been an embarrassment of riches all over the field. And like a, a, going and getting a young, one of those young athletic tight ends would have been transformative, I think, for the offense. So I'm with you. I was surprised that they avoided it essentially. They, they avoided the whole draft and they don't have a lot of answers. Um, the one thing I do love, I think the Orlando Brown signing was a great coup d'etat for them. I, I see Joe Mixon now still on the roster. Lyle Collins still on the roster. Jonah Williams still on the roster. I think if the draft had fall, fallen different, they would take a tight end. But Kincaid goes early. They probably felt that that spot, like they're a premium position type of team. Like we're going to take the positions that end up costing a lot of money in free agency and we're going to take them high in the draft. And so you take Miles Murphy, who's very similar to Hubbard and Hendrickson and, and replaces him. And then you you take DJ Turner. I kind of love, it's weird that they went defense, 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 but I do kind of love that they're very Eagles-like to me and that they're almost always mm -hmm. planning a year out. They're always back drafting for backups for guys that don't need to play right away and then step into it. And they have a really good history of like when they do step in that they're really good players and that they play a lot. So it's a team that I, I think isn't as need focused and is thinking long-term and, and they've kind of deserved the, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. We don't know what would have happened, but I do wish we would have found out uh, if Jameer Gibbs was still on the, on the clock mm -hmm. when the Bengals picked, um, supposedly the Jets up, were maybe going to take him at 15, which I don't know if I buy either. And the Patriots I too, like would this not has have been, been thrown out there. That. Who knows? But, but yeah, like Gibbs, um, when he goes off the board and surprises everyone at 12, that takes both of the top quote unquote running backs in the class, um, out of the mix. They do go take chase Brown in the fifth round on Saturday. And, and, you know, the Joe Mixon situation, you've heard so many comments about him from the team and, you know, he's facing criminal charges right now. Um, but Zach Taylor got behind him a little bit after the draft. His future is here with the team. I like Joe Mixon. So I'm going to now operate on, under the assumption that they're going to move forward with him. Does he have a suspension coming? Is he still a, a good running back? He took a step back last year. I think they're going to be fine. I, I, I'm cool with them focusing on defense. Joe Burrow's I also really like their the secondary. Man. DJ Turner. Oh, she's already feeling ill and she's just been shot by um, two darts that hit their target. That is not, yeah, that's, Five. the immune system takes another hit. Damn. <laughs> All right, the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, man, good times in the Ravens' nest. Lamar is paid. He's healthy right now. He's surrounded by the best skill position talent he's ever had. You have Beckham. You know, and opinions vary on what Beckham's going to give you at this point in his career with off his second ACL, but it's exciting. It's an exciting signing. Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers coming off the board immediately. That's a legitimately frisky trio of wide receivers. Mark Andrews remains one of the best playmakers at tight end in football. Um, I'm just curious, like, and don't underestimate Lamar Jackson with the new contract. That's all kind of out, like, from the all the dark clouds that that brought with it. Do we get like MVP level Lamar Jackson back this year because he's been mm. hurt uh, the last couple of years. At times his play has not been a, a, as high a level, certainly as it was in 19 when the, MV the MVP. Is he going to get back to that or will 2019 ultimately be a bit of an outlier when looking about at what he can produce? I think like obviously it comes down to, to being there, being present because his lack of presence, his lack of durability took him out of that conversation and took the Ravens out of the conversation in January as a serious contender. I mean, for me, there were moments last season, I'm trying to think it was the, I think it was the Monday night game against the Saints where he made a couple throws where it's like, 
this guy can do everything. And like the way you have to plan for him is insane. And you've added Zay Flowers. You add if you get the good version of Odell Beckham, they're giving him a chance, I think, to thrive through the air and to do what he does on the ground. And you got all the contract nonsense out of the way. So you'd hope the head is clear because I think that it's fair to question like, did he push as hard as he could to play at the end of last year? I don't know the answer to that, but that's sort of what everyone's talking about. That doesn't happen this time around. Yeah, he's had really weird seasons the last two seasons. I mean, 2021, he looked like an MVP for five weeks, then kind of goes off a cliff, gets hurt. Last year, similar, where it was like a really fast start, and then again, kind of the injuries and the play. I mean, it's a huge sea change to have Todd Munkin. The excuses are out. There's no Greg Roman. There's receivers. This team, there's too many teams in the AFC that are going to be disappointed because they feel like, almost a Super Bowl or bust team because everything's loaded. Their front seven on defense isn't amazing. But other than that, man, they are like kind of loaded for bear as much. And I'm excited that Greg Roman is not there and they have a different coordinator. Lamar is in good shape for this year, like adding Odell Beckham, but then adding Zay Flowers, who Mm -hmm. can do a lot of different things on the field. You can play him out of the slot. You can line him up outside, too. And like, I mean, he's he's so good. That's a great addition to that passing game. I was really surprised that DaCosta, we didn't see him like moving around at all either. Like usually we see him making trades and being involved in some of these like more splashy things. And I guess the splashy thing was getting Lamar signed. What, what they, was the, uh, they didn't give uh, Patrick Queen a fifth year option, by the way. Which is a little mm. Yeah, they declined that. When was the Lamar has to take a poop game? That was against uh, Cleveland Brown. on Monday night. End of two years ago? Two seasons. That was like, season. that was the last time, whatever, put down the trank. That was the last time <laughs> that uh, that he felt like a superstar when he had to take a mm. poop and he came out and shredded the Browns in that great back and forth game. Um, that's the guy I want back. End mm. of 2020, it looks like. How about that, that Dolphins game that was like 51? To, wasn't that crazy last year in week two? That was, you know, it was like oh, that's an insane right. game back and forth. But you're right. It's right. been hit and miss. Hit and miss. All right, up next. <laughs> I know, we, we should have used the timeout. Also, it wasn't surprising Patrick Queen didn't get a fifth-year option. I, I misspoke. Like He's kind of been on the outs. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Greg Rosenthal. All right, I, my question is just, is Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett up to the challenge? Like, that's my big question, because it's another team that I really like their draft. I like their off season. I think they've added enough on their offensive line uh, with Project Jones. And they also had uh, a quiet move in, in free agency, Isaac Sayamalo, who's a good pickup at guard. So like they have receivers, they have the running backs. I think the offensive line is better, but they kept Matt Canada and like Kenny Pickett was a good rookie quarterback. I think he beat lowish expectations, but the harder part is like, okay, you're, you were a decent rookie quarterback. Can you take that year two leap? Like if Matt Canada and Pickett are up to the challenge, uh, this is a fun little team. We were pretty tough on Canada last last year um, early on. And, I, you know, if you look back, he struggled with a late um, career Ben Roethlisberger who was breaking down. And then you got a rookie quarterback and you had Mitch Trubisky. And it was just like not a great situation. The offense took a while to grow. But by the end of the year, I thought the whole thing looked a lot better. And I, I kind of stopped thinking about Matt Canada the same way. But, you know, handling the, a young career, like the young career of a, of a quarterback is so important that if he looks, if he stands out as not creative enough or not really capable enough, I think he's got one year, Matt Canada, to prove that he can make this offense uh, basically sing. 
I think that we could see Kenny Pickett make that jump this year. We, we saw from him flashes of what he could potentially do, especially with George Pickens making incredible catches. I don't know what Allen Robinson has left and how he'll look on this offense, but I mean, I just remember being in Pittsburgh for that Christmas Eve game and watching at the very end when, I mean, obviously Derek Carr helped them out with some of those interceptions, but watching Kenny Pickett make that play, Pickett to Pickens, I believe it was, and Pickett the whole Pickens, place Pickett just erupted, and it was the Franco Harris game, and it just felt like they finally started to kind of get some of that momentum late in the season. And then their draft, I like too. I like Broderick Jones adding a tackle there, and then of course, Joey Porter Jr., who was like the most exciting guy to be mocked to them all off season long. They really are um, moving forward. Of course, it's been a couple of years now, but it really does start. They've now rebooted post Big Ben. They've used their last three first-round picks on offensive players. It was Najee Harris, then the quarterback Pickett, now Broderick Jones. And I agree. This is you know Pickett entering his, his second season. You're going to want to see growth there. Um, and I think they're, they're he's set up better than he was last year. So you know what like know, stands out to me. I'm down. Is like the good teams now, they rebuild in one season. There is no three year, re, four year rebuild. Like the good teams turn it around and go through transformation one year, and that's what the Steelers. Yeah, did. that's why. Like Daniel Jones was an outlier in that sense. Usually, it's your quarterback after two years. Track me. It does feel good. <laughs> Up next, you might have to up the uh, the power of the trank because you've tranked us so many times, Justin, that it has no effect. I'll take a trank. Can I get one? Can I get in on that? Can I get a hit of that trank? Thanks. Yeah, I think I've been um, like exceedingly obedient, and, and I've been tranked, I think, not once. You've been a good boy, Mark. I think that caught you in the eye. Right in the eye. Put the patch on him. Did. Up it next, did. Mark Sessler. The Cleveland Browns. I feel like nobody's uh, talking about the Browns. And it's like, I even think I just like kind of write them off as a seven-win team um, for a lot of reasons that are, I think, a little bit unfair. Because if anything, when I look at the roster, I don't think there's enough pressure on the Browns right now because they have a win-now offense. Like, just look at the names. You got Nick Chubb, David Njoku, Amari Cooper. If Elijah Moore works out, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I really like Cedric Tillman, their third-round wide receiver. David Bell might work out. Their offensive line is still good. And imagine if like Deshaun Watson is a little bit better. And I think on defense, which was a huge issue, Jim Schwartz took over. I think it's going to be that their issue was coaching. I, I love that upgrade there. They got better in the middle. And it's like, I'm not calling them a Super Bowl contender, but how is really anything less than a wild card berth? Mm. Anything but a complete flaming disaster for Kevin Stefanski. The roster is better than people realize. <laughs> I hear you, but there's like only so much room. But I kind of agree that if they were in the AFC South, I would make them the favorites. If they were in the NFC South, I would make them the favorites. A couple other divisions, like they'd be co-favorites, like the NFC North or something. But they're stuck in this division. They're stuck in the AFC where some teams are going to get disappointed. I think you're, it's fair, though, to look at that roster and they address their biggest problems this offseason and say, like, they don't really have huge problems other than Deshaun Watson stunk last year if he gets back to being a top 10 quarterback which is a huge if but th then they they could be rolling yeah and and the fact that they went so defensive heavy in the top of the draft here I mean what what Andrew Barry had in this draft what he had to work with was not that much but I thought that the picks were 
really solid with what he did. And then adding a guy on the edge and adding a defensive tackle and inside linebacker. They needed more guys in the middle that could actually stop the run, that could actually make a difference on that defensive line. So I liked what they did. I don't want to be reductive about this, but and I was thinking about the Browns during power rankings, like they're laying in the weeds a little bit, in my opinion, because if Watson is a limited quarterback at this point, yeah, they're they're done. They're not just done this year. They're done for multiple years. And that was part of the gamble of, of the contract they gave Watson. But if Watson does come back and have his game back, they can absolutely hang in this division, and in my opinion, any division, because he was that good before everything went sideways in his life. So I think it's I think it's one of the big, if we look at, maybe we'll do it later in the summer, like the big questions of the 2023 NFL season. Who is Deshaun Watson? That is, to me, one of the biggest, because it, it defines, uh, it's a huge question mark in the whole conference for me. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, his performance over six games it's not like, I guess, super surprising, but it leaves you completely mystified about who he is. That's kind of the last thing he wanted like, as a sample size. Is we have no idea who he is right now. If he lights up, if he lights up the league in September, you know, the Browns are legitimately dangerous. Mm-hmm. But we just don't know if that guy's coming back. We haven't seen him in a while. That's his fault. Not ours. Uh, let's take a break and then we will hit the AFC South. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, welcome back. We are going around the AFC in 48 minutes, three minutes a team, and we now move to the suddenly interesting, or I could... I could say intriguing AFC South. Mark, get us going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, from like a DVOA angle, they finished last year with the ninth best offense. And if you look at, if you break it down to over like the final six weeks or so, they were like the third best passing attack in the league. And so obviously Trevor Lawrence made about as big of a leap of any quarterback not named Jalen Hurts. Uh, It went perfectly for them down the stretch, and they gave the Chiefs a fight in January, and there's really nothing not to like. And they've added Calvin Ridley to the mix. So I guess what I would ask you is, like, are you buying the Jaguars as the NFL's next consistently awesome passing attack slash offense? Or do Mm. you think, like, you know what? There might be a sneaky regression here that people aren't ready to, to deal with. And I guess, you know, I'd just say, if you can smell, like, what the rock is cooking, what does it smell like to you? 
mean, wow. what? <laughs> Caught me off balance on that one. <laughs> well, it just came to mind. Like, I mean, what's happening here? Like, they're they're back there cooking something up, and it's like everyone's assuming it's going to be next step up. I wonder if that's that's a drop, Justin. A lock. Mm-hmm. Are you a big rock fan? Are you? Uh, I didn't know this about you, Mark. Super multi-talented. I wasn't. I mean, I know that was his sort of tagline. I didn't track that his career as a wrestler overly heavy because I don't watch wrestling. But I I, I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little anxious. Let's get back like, on track. Yeah, I'm a little anxious. Just <laughs> if I'm smelling something like it smells, it smells, it smells good. Um, but it's not the spiciest thing in the world. I'm a little anxious that like all the rookies they signed this year, they're not projected to necessarily start. They kind of just stood on what their team was a year ago. They made so much uh, improvement and they spent so much money a year ago that they sort of didn't have to. And these things go in cycle. They, they couldn't. They need improvement from within. I'm more concerned about the defense. So I guess to answer your question, I, I think it's more likely that their offense stays quite good. Uh, and that there's not much regression there. I'm a little more worried about the defense. They need Devin Lloyd, Tra- Trayvon Walker to step minute. up. Yeah, I think the I offense will like, get better. Like, uh, especially when you have Cam Robinson, who he's going to face that suspension at the beginning of the year, but they drafted Anton Harrison, who is probably going to have to be play right away in that situation. But he was really, really good. He allowed just one sack over the past two seasons. So... I think that this offense is just going to grow and get better based on what they did last year. Yeah, I don't know what the flavor of the offense is going to be. I think the flavor of their draft was like a potato salad served at a, a barbecue in Orlando. It's not, <laughs> not a lot of spice salad. to it. Yeah, it's it's maybe a little bit, a lot of mayo in it. Um, hmm. But Trevor Lawrence is spicy as f. Um, and the rock can smell that cooking. And I think he is going to continue to go up in ability and production. I think he could be an MVP this year. So watch Especially with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk together. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. The Tennessee Titans, Greg Rosenthal. (laughs) Okay. I was looking at this team. They're not more interesting. Like I, uh, they're the one team in the AFC South that's just making me wonder: are they, are they just boring or are they bad and boring? And my my instinct would be they're probably more just boring. They aren't necessarily that bad. You look at their defense; it's actually you know very similar, if not better, to the defensive roster they had when they were the one seed in the AFC. They're going to get a lot healthier this year. Like it's a good front seven and especially the defensive line and a good defensive backfield. If Tannehill's there, yeah, they have no one at wide receiver, but I think they can reasonably expect that they're going to coach this team up because they found a way to win games and like, they might just be boring, but I'm, I'm not sure that they're necessarily going to be that bad. They just fit right in with the rest of the AFC South do. If they traded Tannehill, which I feel like there's a bigger chance still than, than people recognize, uh, then, then all bets are off. Their wide receivers are Traylon Burks and you have Nick Westbrook, Akine and Kyle Phillips. I mean, this is a rough wide receiver group. I, I feel like we can't just brush that aside. I don't know. I don't really have a ton of confidence in them. And then, I mean, thank God they have Derrick Henry there, but it's not like they have any great tight ends either on this roster. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you where it's like they, they we can't brush off the wide receiver situation. Well, they seemed 
to be willing to do that. Um, there was no ability to go trade for anyone, draft anyone, and it leaves like Will Levis if he ends up starting, if they do move Tannehill at some point, like in a rough spot for a, a rookie quarterback, I think. I mean, yeah, you'll have Derrick Henry, but I'm not totally sold that Derrick Henry's on this roster if they're not waiting to sell him at a point where you can sell high. I think I'm just curious how they're going to play this. They obviously didn't value Levis enough to take him in the first round, uh, but they valued him enough to trade up and get him in the second round. And if this team is what pretty much everybody thinks they'll be, let's say even being somewhat kind, let's say they're four and four in October, or they're five and seven heading into November. Like at what point do you pull the ripcord if you have Ryan Tannehill as your starter, starter and go look at Will Levis, because if you're going to keep Tannehill around and you're going to keep Derrick Henry around, that tells me you think you could still compete and be a playoff team. So that all makes sense to start the season with them. But at what point do you have to pivot and start spinning forward? They're hoping, I think, the coaching staff changes things. You know, he, he brought in Tim Kelly, who was with him in Houston. Uh, maybe the most important guy on the roster or on the staff is Jason Hudeling, that's their new offensive line coach. Their offensive line has been so bad, and they added a couple pieces like Skaronsky, but if you can get good offensive line coaching, you can get a lot better. They did six picks all on offense, so it's not like they ignored their offense. It was an all-offense draft. When does Will Levis come in? Do we believe in Will Levis? What is his role going to be? That's my biggest question. Dan took the timeout. I had to save Colleen from a dart to the jugular. I know. Thank you. I feel like you yeah. guys want well, these darts was... to land in your body. That's what I keep. That's that was the also... <laughs> I keep hearing from you. I I would love a dart right here. <laughs> that is also I had um I had I had laid that out as well previously, Colleen. Like, what is the plan with Tan Hill, and when does the quarterback enter the equation? They're in a they're in an in between period. Um, by the way, Justin, how weird is it to be Malik Willis now? You were a third round pick of a prior regime. And it just seems like he is basically floating through outer space without a helmet on. Yeah, I don't think Malik Willis is long for the Titans. Uh, probably end of training camp type of cut, unless they decide to trade. Wait a second, can I just say? Stop. Can I just say? I'm like, not gonna cut him. They <laughs> definitely I, maybe could trade cut him. him. People people sleep on how bizarre the end of the season was last year. That they had this kid Willis that they brought in for Tannehill, and then. They were so out on him that they took Josh Dobbs off the street in <laughs> what was essentially a playoff game. Like, I, and then yeah, but, and then they draft a quarterback. But they the didn't take him because they were out on Tannehill. They took him 86th in the draft after like drafting four other. I'm just saying, players. what happened to he developing was a talent? I don't, you know, I don't think it's that weird. I don't think it's that weird because John Robinson ejector seat out of there probably was his guy much more than Vrabel's. Vrabel's comments on Malik Willis at the end of that year when they opted for Josh Dobbs, who had like four days of practice with him, told me all I needed to hear. Now they went and drafted someone else. Like the head coach who has buy-in from the GM on this front has zero belief in Malik Willis. And Malik Willis' own play didn't give the fan much belief. And so I'm kind of with Gravedigger. Like there's a sneaky world where he doesn't make this roster. Wasn't Dobbs good in that game, by the way? Dobbs was that wasn't decent. like a Thursday night game. He came he in okay. and like was yeah. pretty totally damn functional. good. He was functional. He did throw like a backbreaking interception, but like he was just trying right. to make a play. Um, Malik Willis was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league last year. He completed like eight passes or something. <laughs> it was horrible. Well, my point, my point is, he was a third round pick yeah. and as a rookie, and he has two bad games, and everybody's like, "All right, he sucks." I think like, well, a lot of quarterbacks suck when they 
they're first learning the league at this level. I feel like I'm not saying he was a third round pick. I understand. And it's a different GM now. I understand that. But the fact if I'm Malik Willis, I'm, I'm feeling like, man, I feel like I didn't really get a shot here and I'm already now mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I looking think from Malik's perspective. Not enough people do. They were trying to make the playoffs at the end of the year, and they just didn't believe that he was ready to get it done. Maybe they think he needed an offseason of development. Maybe he'll be the quarterback, two, and Will Levis will be the QB, one, and uh, you ship Ryan Tannehill off or save him and trade him at the trade deadline. That's what I would do. Josh Dobbs, by the way, is now uh, Deshaun Watson's backup. Hopefully, you know, if, if I'm Watson, you don't want to miss any games or uh, your backup might look better than you for the second straight this season. This is a beefy Josh television Dobbs. timeout here. <laughs> it is. Now we have one timeout remaining. Okay, and I'm not saying I have to call it, so just use it wisely, though. Here we go. The Houston Texans, the old Zeuser. Do uh, you, Connie, you think the Titans have issues at wide receiver? The Texans pull the trigger on CJ Stroud at two, then trade a first round pick to move back up to take a defensive end, Will Anderson at three. And then the draft ends, and you look at their depth chart, and it's like, what? Their number one wide receiver is Robert Woods. Robert Woods looked shot last year in Tennessee. Uh, He had 500 yards receiving. He is their number one wide receiver. They traded Brandon Cooks to Dallas. Cooks didn't want anything to do with uh, being there. So what are you going to do there? But they have, here are some names. This is what I'm going to call a segment. The segment's called Some Names. Nathaniel Dell, (laughs) Xavier Hutchinson, Nico Collins, Noah Brown, who they picked up at free agency, like C.J. Stroud is going to struggle uh, throwing in tight windows because there's no, going to be nobody open many weeks this year. I do like Nico Collins. Um, you're right. They're in the short supply there. But Tank Dell, I think, is someone who has already said he's like got a chip on his shoulder and looked at every wideout that was ticking over him. Like, uh, There's something to like there. I know, Daniel, you'll never buy into that concept, but it's just like... They're, they're, it's a need. They had need. They also, like a year ago, had needs everywhere. And I honestly think the one thing they did is they went and got a coach who's going to, I think D'Amico Ryans is like coach of the year material because I think they could sneaky win eight or nine games somehow. And like it'd be a feel good story after three years of total shipwreck and disaster. I mean, short term, this, I guess, is good with C.J. Stroud because this team went through two seasons with Davis Mills. They've had four head coaches in the last three years. Like, they needed stability at the head coaching spot and at the quarterback position, and they will hopefully get it with C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I'm totally concerned that they don't have any wide receivers for him to throw to. The offense last year was Damian Pierce and just, like, a bunch of dead weight on his shoulders. So they need to upgrade the pass game and they only really got that one main piece for it so how do you do it i don't know D'Amico ryan's and i guess the oc there needs to figure it out it, it, i like D'Amico ryan's too i'm just saying like have you set up your young quarterback for success it's not well it, no i don't think they did. i think it's like raising the question what do you build how do you build around a quarterback bobby slowick brings in that shanahan system they have a pretty good offensive line they have a pretty good running game they're hoping to have a good defense. Like that's another way to do it. They're, they're looking at it. Like I think the Patriots are a little like this and the Titans are right now too. They're zigging while the rest of the league is zagging at wide receiver. I at least like the Texans options a lot more than the Titans. I mean, Tank Dell is kind of fun. Nico Collins could be fun. John Mechie was a second round pick. He had that cancer battle, but it sounds like he's going to play this year. Noah Brown was okay. Like Robert Woods, you're right. Is their wide receiver one. He might also be like their wide receiver four. I mean, they, they have some names. They have some names. 
Somebody needs to emerge. I guess that's the point, because Woods should not be seen as the guy. Because he's just our guy. Well, we can't kill the Titans. I mean, I can't kill the Titans and make a bunch of excuses for the Texans. That's fair. How about I refuse to do? I'm just, you know, I won't do it. No more excuses for the Texans. I just wanted that to happen. The Colts, Connie. The Colts. The top of this draft was so bonkers with the Texans taking a quarterback at two, which everyone was thinking that they might take a defender and then trading up then to take their defender in Will Anderson and then having the Colts, who were picking four, take Anthony Richardson. That was one of the main questions about the draft was where Richardson would fall. And so now he goes to Indianapolis, which I was kind of surprised about because in so many of the mocks, you would have uh, guys talking about whether it would be Will Levis or Anthony Richardson because Will Levis is supposed to be more pro-ready, more of a day-one guy. And now you have Anthony Richardson where his ceiling is outrageous. Like, he has incredible traits. And you have Shane Steichen there, the offensive coordinator, who worked with Jalen Hurts, and we saw the development that Jalen Hurts went through. So that gives me some optimism about this pairing in the future. But were you... Surprised that they didn't go Will Levis here. And is Jim Ursay actually crowdsourcing picks? Because I could not believe that Ursay <laughs> tweeted out, Colts fans, would you take Will Levis at two if you're on the board for the Colts in four hours from now? Go Montana and Young for franchise. What? What is he doing? Somebody needs to take Twitter away from him. Mm, I mean, no, I think he's, I he's disagree. like, a, yeah, I, I kind of enjoy him. I think he's like a pure wild card from the NFL owner perspective. Ballard did say, and there was, he, he, Basically, someone else came out of the record on the inside the building and said, Ballard told me weeks ago um, that Anthony Richardson was the guy. And the reasoning was that all the quarterbacks were flawed, viewed as flawed. But then why not then swing for the guy that could be like a massive home run versus Will Levis, who uh, we'll see what he is. But I'm certainly think he'd be the safer pick. But I mean, the Colts love these big, powerful players at every position. I think Anthony Richardson, um, I can see why Ballard fell in love. He just got to get it right because he's, he's swung and missed on like eight Steve quarterbacks. Right. They, they love to run the ball. They, they have an offensive line where they've invested so much money, poorly, by the way. Um, but Quentin Nelson's still there. Braden Smith is still there. They're still good. Ryan Kelly's making a lot of money at center. I, I want them to sign some more veterans, but they love to run the ball. And I, I know Steichen loves to run the ball. And I think they have the players to do it. And so you look at Richardson versus Levis that way. And that's a nice baseline to start with everything. Yeah. What's the what's the general vibe about the Colts offensive line? Is that was that a blip last year where everything went wrong? Murphy's Law? Or is that a group that's now should be seen as questionable. It, I think they're questionable. Big, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is. it will be a new coaching staff. It, it, it may be an improved one, but I typically like when an offensive line completely breaks down over like 14, 15, 16 games. 10, I don't predict nine, them to come roaring eight, back. Seven, six, five, I thought too, four, um, three, when it was two. Michael Pittman Jr. <laughs> No. He said no, last week, Too late, oh Colleen. no, uh, Colleen, that he was excited about close. the passing game and the passing <laughs> concepts that were being installed. And damn. All right. It was like when, when there was like the countdown was at four and Colleen was like, you know, I was also thinking, I was like, uh oh, she's doomed. <laughs> Where is the countdown? Where do you guys see the countdown? Oh, no. you, you should, I don't think ears. you're hearing it in your ears. That explains oh, a lot. No. It explains a lot. Man, oh, I am cold. really, I'm playing hurt guys. <laughs> You're a grinder. There's one more division to go, Connie. Okay, and, here we go. And, and, you know, also, not for nothing, the 
the Sixers beat the Celtics in game one without. Oh, Embiid, my God. Did you so. see James, Har- James Harden's outfit? It was so if good. You, if you want to use a timeout just to dunk on Greg and his favorite team, I would not have an issue with it. Just Nor would it I. Out there. Timeout. Uh, I can't dunk on anyone right now. Mm. Oh, poor Connie. Connie, when when I when we hear the ten seconds, and if you're watching, and you can check out us out on uh, YouTube, you know, for this great action, I'll give you a signal. I'll give you a, this okay. is the signal. Okay, I'm gonna okay. hold Same. my hands up when we get the ten seconds. Okay. Good. That Stage Celtics loss. It hurt me. I don't like getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Weird show. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, welcome back. We have one more division. We have to get Colleen to an urgent care. Uh, so we're going to wrap this thing up. Connie, we were stunned to learn, um, despite us all having the same audio feed, that you have not been hearing a countdown clock um at all do you want to uh, um justin play her the countdown so she just can hear it maybe it's just something she's been filtering out i think that's the case oh um i could but we'd have to wait three minutes for it to get to the end of the clock uh, right. it's okay Perfect. i can do it guys i'm ready <laughs> all right this. this is the division <laughs> and greg is going to give you a verbal warning or some type of visual i also okay. will give you all a right. heads up you know what this is teamwork right here he's holding a sign that says connie stop talking this is this is why i love you guys this is why this works all right hey we're a team here we go we move into the afc west and yes it is colleen wolf kicking it off okay okay so kansas city chiefs quick, quick story in kansas city i'm talking to heidi gardner who is on snl she's a huge chiefs fan and they have me interviewing her love in front her. of everyone at the draft love her too and I figure she's got a great personality, so I'm going to like throw this out to her. And so I was like, why did Kansas City have to win the Super Bowl? And why did they have to beat the Eagles? And it just like did not go as I had planned in my mind, in my head. So oh, no. I've been really working my way back since that moment. But I did really <laughs> uh, enjoy what Kansas City did here. Felix Enrique Uzama. This was so... 
it was such a fun pick next to the Cowboys um, and the coach drafting his son. This was one of the heartwarming moments of round one because Felix is from Kansas City. He grew up a Chiefs fan like he went to their training camps and now he gets to join this team Mm. that is celebrating a Super Bowl was still celebrating at the draft and it's an obvious need for them too with Frank Clark being cut. He's had 19 and a half sacks over the past two seasons. I think that really helps their pass rush and will that equate to another Super Bowl mm. gang I mean they'll the be in the mix but I, I, I feel like you you left us on the ledge there what what did what happened with Gardner she yeah, it Gardner sounded a little say. dig into the awkwardness angle it was it. so awkward it was very awkward it was not as funny as I wanted it to be and I don't know if it was funny at all and I like really wanted a trap door to just like kind of uh, so, fall into but she so was despite awesome. being despite being on SNL does she lack a sense of humor in person or something? no what? no okay. she she is great and she is sweet and she is funny but I just don't think I set set it up properly um because maybe it was the head cold um at well, the she time wouldn't know that you're an Eagles over. fan too so that that could be something I did say yeah I said okay. that I'm an Eagles fan yeah but also maybe you were looking for that little sass back and forth with the crowd and the, the Kansas City folk they're nice Midwesterners it's not like a Philly they're crowd you know so nice yeah. every time I tried to razz them it just like never landed <laughs> I think Heidi Gardner is a great talent on SNL. Um, my wife has met her too and said she's delightful. Yeah. And I think she's the best actor on SNL. She mm. re- watch so this. Watch her in any of those sketches. She's like blowing everyone away in terms and of. And in Shrinking, if you guys have yes, started that, that that's a great series. But the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs fans are going to be yeah. mad. Greg, Greg, <laughs> say something about the Chiefs. Smart. Uh, Racy Rice is a fun uh, second round pick. Just because he's a receiver that's going to be catching balls from Patrick Mahomes. I th- we heard a lot about Zay Flowers maybe going there, that they tried to trade up, but it was too expensive. He has going to have a chance, Rice, to step in right away because I think Sky Moore was a little bit of a letdown last I think you need to douse the roster with a waterfall of like barbiturates to not make the Super Bowl again. I think I'd see them winning two or three <laughs> over the next five years. They're that Whoa. team. Should I open up a new topic? <laughs> Oh, wait, I totally didn't give you your signal. <laughs> no one signaled, Colleen. <laughs> no, I know. I heard. <laughs> um, 103 catches and 1,230 yards. And seven touchdowns went out the door with uh, Miko Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster. So, Rashi Rice, Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney. They got to they gotta do it. MVS. Wow, you just think they're just going to roll like a dynasty is going to keep rolling. Huh, Mark? It's the only team that I'd point to right now where I just believe that um, we, they can have an imperfect season and you get the most heroic quarterback run by mm. Mahomes that I can remember. And they a, a year ago, we're like, oh, can they handle the transition? On, it's a yes, they can. And yes, they can thrive. And yes, they win a Super Bowl. They'll do it again. But also, does anything change right, with Eric the enemy being gone? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, Steph Curry. Hey, Steph Curry. We don't have a timeout. We're out. Uh oh. <laughs> what happens now? Oh. Uh, the the universe <laughs> swallows itself. We just That's don't what care. Happens. We don't respect the Trank anymore. It's uh it's disappointing. Uh, they're bringing back Derek McKinnon, by the way. How about that? Are they? And they declined the fifth year option on Clyde Edwards Lair, so whatever. All right, let's move on to the Denver Broncos. Um hey, so listen, in some ways they've They've done well here in terms of trying to salvage this Russell Wilson thing. Um, Sean Payton entered the building. They spent a bunch of money on the offensive line after he got sacked, I think, 55 times last year. It wasn't all the offensive line's fault, by the way, but 
It's worth noting. Um, and I'm wondering, though, what's going on with their running back situation? This is the worst running back situation in the league right now. And I don't know if anyone's close. Um, they have um, Samaj P. Ryan. Okay. But he's never had more than 95 carries in his life. He's fine. Just a guy. Javante Williams, they're hoping that he plays this year at some point, but he had one of those knee injuries, like the tore multiple ligaments type knee injuries that you just don't know if he's ever going to be able to really come back or if the next year is a total washout. I just wonder, like, they're going to want to run the ball a lot to help protect themselves from Russell Wilson. And I don't know if they can the way the roster is set up right now unless P. Ryan is way better than we're anticipating, or at least I am. Hmm. He's solid. He's a solid back, and Javante Williams is exciting. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I don't Javante know. Williams. They don't even know when Javante Williams is coming back. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. This is a team I, full of like kind of backup choices. Sean Payton was quietly their fourth choice at quarter at head coach. They wanted D'Amico Ryan's. They wanted uh, Jim Harbaugh. They wanted Dan Quinn. It's a weird. It's a weird thing sitting over them. And then I look at their roster, and like other than Russell Wilson, I think they've set themselves up. Pretty nicely. They're so deep at wide receiver. I do think Cortland Sutton and or or, or Jerry Judy could still get moved, uh, but they picked up the fifth year option on, on Judy. I think to your question, Dan, like maybe they feel better about Devontae behind the scenes to not make a move. Like maybe they, they have a better track on where he's where his recovery is. I mean, if he's healthy, I kind of like their backfield because I think Pirine is a classic Sean Payton, like pass catching guy that he's always had in his career that you can use in a certain way. I don't like him as the lead lone back, um, but one li- I wonder if someone like Mark Ingram is a free agent who has a long history with Sean Payton could wind up there for part of the season if you need to get Devontae healthy. God, I really hope that Javante is healthy because when he's healthy, he's so good. His contact balance, it's one minute, guys. One minute's left. I got it. Um, his contact <laughs> balance is insane. Like, he's such an exciting player to watch. He just bounces off of people. And then they also have Tim Patrick coming back, who didn't even get a chance to have his big breakout season, which I thought he was going to have last year. So they have him, which almost feels like an extra pick coming into this uh, pass-catching room. I-, I don't know. I think that all of the, the additions that they – spending the big money on the offensive line, that also helps out, too, mm-hmm. protecting Russell. Wilson, like you mentioned off the top there, Dan. So I don't feel as pessimistic about the Broncos. Second round pick on Marvin Mims, too. Uh, They're loaded. They're they're very deep. No, they were loaded a year ago. How long is the leash on Wilson? That's interesting. Eight games. Up next is the Las Vegas Raiders with Greg Rosenthal. Okay, here's here's a hot take. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's weapons are as good in Las Vegas as they were in uh, San Francisco. Let, let's go through what? it. What? Right. Come on. What? 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 All right. Number one receiver. Uh, you got <laughs> Debo versus Devontae Adams. Big win for Devontae Adams. Uh, number two receiver. You got Jacoby Myers uh, versus Ayuk. I'm giving that to Ayuk. Uh, slot receiver. Whoever uh, the 49ers throw out versus Hunter Renfro, giving that to Renfro. Uh, tight end, 
Uh, you got George Kittle and a good backup versus Michael Mayer. I love that Michael Mayer picking Austin Hooper. I'm giving that to San Francisco, but with Mayer there, at least it's not like as big a blow as it would have been. We're split. Now we're going to running back. Whoever uh, they're throwing out in San Francisco, it's Josh Jacobs uh, versus uh, f- against the 49ers. I'm giving it to Jacobs. That's a nice group. Now, Shanahan is definitely greater than McDaniels. The offensive lines both have questions, but it just in terms of weapons around Jimmy G, he's got some nice uh, nice weapons well i'm That's glad you point. mentioned the coaching like situation because my biggest issue is like wait and see on jo- a josh mcdaniels thriving as a play caller outside of New England. Um, Historically, that's not happened at all. But B, getting through a season without controversy surrounding one of his own players. He doesn't seem to get along with his own players that well. And also, come on, I like this from Graver in the chat here. Christian McCaffrey, not better than Josh Jacobs? Okay, that was was probably true. Uh, I'll give it a slight edge to CMC. But I'm just saying these things are competitive. These, These are competitive. Uh, but that's not as spicy a take. But your your point is also well made, solidly made, Greg, that he is not inheriting a much lesser situation. Um, we'll see. I mean, you kind of you kind of need Mayer to hit the ground running a little bit, I think, and he certainly could. Um, and Jacobs, listen, he didn't get his, his option picked up before last year. Is he going to be able to have another season like last year that felt like a career best season? And then the health of Garoppolo hangs over everything, and they they still don't have a lot of depth behind him. So I think they are one of those teams where if everything breaks well, they're in the, they could be a wild card team. But I don't I don't love the Raiders right now. I don't. No, the Raiders could... are just hard to love, though. Like I feel like it's hard to trust the Raiders every year. I even when their roster looks good, I I don't end up loving them because of the way that they end up playing. And a lot of that was Derek Carr. But I was even surprised during the draft that they didn't take Christian Gonzalez, who was still there, and you know they went with Tyree Wilson, yeah, who is still really good. I mean, they're I they're looking they like they're trying more. to get into scorefest, like that they'll be all offense. And I apologize to Christian McCaffrey; I would definitely take him over Josh Jacobs, and that was a brain fart. And the offensive line, I'm surprised they didn't do anything there all off season. Good news, Connie. We have one more. It's All right. Vegas, it's the Los Angeles Chargers with Mark Sessler. Well, the Chargers, I think they absolutely needed to add a weapon on offense, and they did it with Quentin Johnson. Um, I, it's one of these guys I just cannot wait to see how he fits there. And, you know, the Athletic essentially mentioned, Daniel Popper does a great job with them, said essentially at this point, they really just need like a blocking tight end, a cornerback, a safety, which they, you know, they did a nice job last offseason after the draft shoring up some weaknesses. So if they do all that, Again, I think we're back in this world where you look at the Chargers on paper and they're one of the better rosters league-wide. Um, I can't think of another like entity in the NFL like this team because you've got essentially premium talent all over the place. Um, check. Top-flight quarterback. Check. New offensive coordinator after we were all complaining about the old one. They've done that. And despite all of it, I'm not. does anyone here trust them to win fights with the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, or even the Jaguars? Like, I don't know if this is like a sneaky Super Bowl team or just another uh, expedition into nothingness, which it feels like the Chargers do to us every year. I don't know if this is Al Michaels' fault and Tony Dungy's, but like, has any game been memory hold more than the Chargers losing a 27-0 lead <laughs> in a playoff game? Like, that happened I still can't believe and and uh if there's maybe inside that building that's there's still a lot of uh 
mental warfare and shrapnel to deal with connected to that loss. But I think that's why everyone is basically this is the first offseason in a couple of years where you don't feel a lot of like excitement from the outside about what the Chargers can be. But like Connie, like when you do with the way Mark set that up there, there is plenty of reasons to to be juiced about them. But this is a team that blew a 27 nothing lead in the playoffs. It's hard to forget that um, because it happened so recently, too. But this could be a team that's also lying in the weeds because it's the Chargers and people doubt them so often because of their history. But I found it really interesting with their draft that they passed on a running back. They didn't take any. So at this Mm -hmm. point, I guess that means that Austin Eckler will not be traded and they're going to go forward with him. Well, not only that, they answered very directly after the draft. Did anyone call about uh, Eckler? And they're like, nope, we didn't receive no. a single call. Uh, he's going to be there. Why are you laughing? Connie, I was a little worried about you during that answer. You know, I'm really worried about me right now. Just landing any type of plane is difficult. There's no Can more I AFC that- teams, though, at least, Connie. Can I, I say the Char- and Chargers fans that might be annoyed with... Uh, uh, surfacing that playoff loss. There's only one way to blow a 27 nothing lead in a playoff game. It's to have a 27 nothing lead in a playoff game. So obviously mm. there's a lot there to Ten, to build on, nine, but uh, you got to get eight, some of that scar tissue seven, out of there and, and six, move forward. Five, I'd also mm. just say, remember why Mike three, Williams wasn't in that game two, because they put meaningless one. starters or starters out in a meaningless game the week before. Well, they got the head coach out of there, fresh start. So, oh wait. No. <laughs> Poor Brandon. I was Staley. like, oh my God, I'm much worse than I feel right now. He's still there. <laughs> yeah. No, at two winning seasons. I feel like no coach who had back to back winning seasons taking over has uh, endured uh, more ridiculous ways to lose in criticism than Brandon Staley. I mean, mostly it's his fault. Mike McCarthy, maybe, they, but you're right. Mm. I think they need to get to the second round of the playoffs for him to have a job after everything. I mean, the, the, it's over. There's no tranks now. By the way, uh, the Bills signed Puna Ford today, who was uh, one of the highest people ranked left on my top 101 free agents. It is now <laughs> sign uh, free agent season again because you don't have to pay the compensatory picks. Jarek McKinnon got signed. So there's some decent players out there. As of yesterday, there were 16 guys still left from the top 101. Now it's 15. Uh, Connie, you've said it all. You fought through it. We're going to give you the final word. I just want to say that I did not, like, I was not looking for sympathy. I just didn't actually think I was going to be like this. I thought that I'd be a little bit better off uh, for the show. And then uh, moments before the show started, I realized that this could go sideways. So appreciate you guys dealing with me. Thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. Let's hang out again when I am healthy. (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. Tell Sounds Gonzo good. to come back from his walk. We'll yeah. be back on uh, Thursday with the great Patrick Claibon, uh, and we'll hit the NFC in 48 minutes. Thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, until then, you know what you got to do go to the hospital, heed the call.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.